Hi, I'm Martin. And I'm Deepti. And we are the, the Movie, Movie Librarians. And today we're going to be talking about the Unicorn Store. The Unicorn Store. What can we say about the Unicorn Store? Well, let me tell you all about the Unicorn Store. It's a movie from 2019. I know that much. Incorrect. Incorrect? What? Yes. Apparently, the Unicorn Store is actually a 2017 movie, an American movie, and it premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival before becoming available on Netflix in 2019. So oh. most people probably know it as having come out on Netflix in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So shall I continue with the description of this movie? Please do, Deep D. So the movie's directed by Brie Larson, who some of you may know from Captain Marvel, and written by Samantha McIntyre. And the movie stars Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, Joan Cusack, Bradley Whitford, and Mamudu Afi. Let's have our synopsis. The movie's all about Kit, a carefree and childlike young woman, played by Brie Larson. So Kit flunks out of art school, and she moves back home with her parents, played by Joan Cusack and Bradley Whitford. She feels like a failure, and she decides to give up on her artsy dreams, and she becomes a quote-unquote grown-up. She gets a job as a temp at an advertising agency, and she wears a suit and does typical adult things. She then starts receiving these personalized invitations to a special shop. And when she goes there, she finds this magical, fantastical shop. And there's a salesman there, played by Samuel L. Jackson. And he tells her that she can realize her dream of owning a unicorn. But in order to unicorn, or in order to own the unicorn, she has to first prove that she can look after it. So Kit decides to prove that she's fit to own a unicorn, and she decides to build a stable in her backyard and get hay and all that kind of stuff. She goes to a hardware store to get the wood for the stable, and she meets one of the young employees, Virgil, who's played by Mamudu Athi. He comes over to her house, he helps her build the stable, and they end up becoming good friends. But then, this is the part in the movie where things start to go strange at work. Kit's parents become concerned about what she's doing in the backyard and with all this hay in the basement. And when she confesses to Virgil what she's actually doing, that she's going to own a unicorn, he tells her that there's no such thing as unicorns and that she's being conned. And this is where conflicts begin to arise in the movie. And that's where I'm going to stop, because any more would give it all away. Well, thank you very much, Deepti. Oh, you're welcome. All right. So now going on to the critical reception. Yeah. How, what did people think of this? Critical reception is at best mixed. Okay. Uh, we'll start with our old friend, the Tomatometer. Yes. What does the Tomatometer say? Uh, the critics overall in the Tomatometer gave it a 64% fresh rating. Okay. Which is not great. Overall, it's a 6.03 okay. out of 10. The audience score is significantly lower. They give it 40% oh. fresh. Overall score is 2.53 out of 5. That's very low. It is. It's very low. Then we have RogerEbert.com. Mm-hmm. So this is, of course, after after Roger has passed away. So this one is written by Tomris Lafley. Tomris gave it one and a half stars. Ooh, brutal. Yeah. She says, a puzzling cinematic effort that struggles to strike a coherent tone. And later goes on to say, perhaps not every inner child needs to be unleashed. 
Like this is a brutal mm-hmm. criticism. That's a skewer. Like it's yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. To balance this on the tomatometer, uh, the audience reviews. Uh, we have Monica G who gave it five stars, uh, and Monica says out of ten, I uh, assume. No, five stars out of five. Oh, five out of five. Okay. Yeah, this is a, this is a good review. Okay. Um, because Thomas was so Slashed sharp, and hacked it to bits. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, So Monica says, it beautifully and effortlessly captures the frustrating and emotionally troubling time that is the true transition into adulthood for the latest generations. Okay. Which, you know, is... Monica liked it. I can see what she's getting at there. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I would necessarily agree, but... uh, Okay, a thoughtful response. Yeah. Thoughtful criticism Mm -hmm. or critique. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of reviews in the tomatometer that are, I think a fair number are males giving it half a star and saying it's terrible and how Brie Larson is terrible. And Yeah, I read um, some of that too, how yeah. uh, there's a lot of, well, <laughs> there's a lot of men on the internet who <laughs> don't like women. Is that shocking? Yeah, there's a lot of nasty reviews on here, yeah. um, which don't really criticize the movie at all. They're just, they just say worst movie ever and give it zero or one star, you know. Or ones that are like, it's got Brie Larson in it, so what do you expect? Expect, mm, which yeah. when you get to that, you're like, okay, that's not actually reviewing the movie at all. Yeah. It just says what you think about a female director and star. Yeah. So yeah. Also, if you don't like her that much, don't watch it and yeah. then don't review it. Like there's actors yeah. I don't like and I just don't watch their movies. Yeah. I don't log into websites and then skewer them. Or watch their movie specifically to maybe skewer it or maybe they didn't watch it at all. I, Quite probably I, not. That's, yeah. I was going to say, you think they watched it? I don't know. Like all the people on those various, you know, place review sites, restaurant review sites and things that actually haven't been there and don't really know what's going on. That's weird. Yeah, but some restaurants pay for them to go on to skewer the other. uh, What? Really? The the internet is a weird place and has not necessarily led to truth. Nope. So, a little sip of water. Time for a sip of water. Are we moving on to our reviews now? This brief break has been brought to you by your local tap water. On to our discussion of the movie ourselves. All right. So, Deep D, what did you think? Um, I'm going to agree with, uh, what's her name? Tamaris? Tamaris. Tamaris, yeah. yeah. I'm going to agree with Tamaris. This was not a movie I enjoyed very much. I think it was trying to be profound and failed. First of all, I'm confused because Brie Larson is almost 30 years old, but she's portraying somebody in her early 20s, early 20s maybe, Yeah. but has the mind almost of a 10-year-old. It's it's confusing. And there's a difference. They're trying to show her as being childlike, but they've actually portrayed her as childish. And there's a big difference between childlike and childish. Mm-hmm. And I think that didn't really work. Like, I think people do grow up and enjoy unicorns and magic and things like that, but not in the way that they portrayed here, where she was essentially a child in a grown-up's body. It made me uncomfortable, actually. Let's see, what else? I found, yeah, I found everything was a caricature. I found that when they were portraying adulthood, everything was a caricature. To be an adult in this movie means to eat grapefruits and flaxseed and kale. And to be a child means to want to own a unicorn in your house. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it's very heavy-handed, like kind of subtly fun, but it, when you do it over and over again, I shouldn't say subtly fun, kind of fun. But when you do that sort of thing over and over again, it becomes heavy-handed. For example, they advertise that drug uh, and antidepressant called Despondica and the name of the company where she ends up working is ER and RPR. Like everything's supposed to be comical and funny but when you do it over and over again it becomes sort of like hit you over the head. This is funny we're making fun of society and Mm -hmm. adulthood and it's not subtle you know. So everything I found was just a caricature. 
I found the writing of her, of Kit's character, that's Brie Larson's character, isn't great because we're told that she feels like a failure and I don't really understand why. Yes, we know that she failed out of art school, but she's also really mad at her parents. And right at the beginning of the movie, they show us this montage of a really happy child and they never explain to us what leads to her feeling like a disappointment to her parents. So she moves home and she's constantly like, I know you're disappointed by me. You know, um, almost having like these teenage, like, like this acting out that a teenager would have. But they never show us why, they never explain to us why she feels like a disappointment, why she thinks her parents are disappointed by her. So it feels, there feels like a gap in the story there. Like they show her as this really, really happy child. And then suddenly she's failed art school and come home. But we're supposed to just understand that her parents are now disappointed by that. Anyway, that was my thought. I also thought her parents were over the top and they work at this camp called Emotion Quest, I think. Is that what it's called? Something like that, where, yeah. Where teenagers and adolescents have to, you know, get together and express their feelings over a campfire and stuff like that. It was just it was just over the top. Everybody was over the top. The only thing I liked in this movie was the Virgil character. That's the guy that uh, Kit meets at the hardwood store who becomes her friend and helps her build a stable in the backyard. And I thought he was a really good actor. He had really good lines, I thought. There dialogue was generally pretty enjoyable and he when i saw him i was like i want to see more of the stuff that this guy's in but mm-hmm. rest of the story eh. <laughs> that's my thought okay oh here i had i had written another thought which was it's like watching a kid's show that's acted by adults hmm. there's that slightly uncomfortable feeling because you're <laughs> like you're a grown person hopping around in a bunny suit like that's what it felt like right i was uncomfortable Okay. All right. How about you? What did you think? Uh huh. So I'm a little bit, a uh, little bit torn about this. Okay. Um, I think right after we watched it, I would have agreed with you mm-hmm. fully. I think there were things that were not particularly well done in it, but at the same time, there are also things that I think did end up working really well more in retrospect and like kind of thinking back to it now. So, for example, her parents having that emotion quest uh, when they take her on the the quest itself, and they're talking about the kids and how the kids are basically just making stuff up, like these kids who have come from troubled homes or who have troubled backgrounds or like something in their past that has led them to take part in this emotion quest. And one of the kids confides in Kit and she says like, you know, we just make stuff up and that gets them to say that's fine. And then Kit says this to her parents and her her father's like, yeah, we know they do, but that's not the point of, of what we're trying to do. Over time, they eventually start to to break those barriers down and start talking about some of the things that bother them and or at least have a way to, to let stuff out, even if it's just lying about it. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the main point and so within that you see the parents as understanding that the world is a lot more complex than kit wants it to be from her childish perspective so i think there's more complexity going on in those backstories than you first get when you're watching it at the same time kit is a little more childish than childlike and that might also be part of the dichotomy we're supposed to see is that rather than taking the childlike wonder that we sometimes see in similar types of movies she's taken it as just childish and like held on to her childhood and not grown up at all and so doesn't have to do all of those things and consider the world outside of what it was like to be a kid and so it doesn't have to consider all the things that she has to do to be an adult and then ends up failing art school because she hasn't grown up and because she hasn't done these things and then as she goes to the unicorn store this unicorn store thinking back about it now i didn't realize at the time but samuel L. jackson kind of leads her through all the steps that you kind of have to start thinking about to be an adult so he's like you have to build a stable for them so you need somewhere to shelter like you need somewhere to live basically and then you need to 
give them hay so they need food. So he takes takes her kind of through Maslow's hierarchy of needs almost to start getting that base layer of these are all the things you need as an adult. So yeah. But do you feel like, did they do a good job conveying that? If that was the intended message, hmm. you had to really think about that, right? Hmm. It took you a few days of processing. Not that that's always a bad thing, but I think if the message is when it's too deeply hidden or, <laughs> or you're distracted by other things and you can't make out that message because you're so distracted by these other flaws, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, is there even a point to having those messages? That's a good question, and I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Would you say you enjoyed it? Not at the time. Okay. Thinking back, I enjoy considering some of those things that were there that I didn't necessarily pick up on at the time. Mm-hmm. But at the time, no, I didn't particularly enjoy it within the movie itself. Mm-hmm. But um, do you think it's realistic to have somebody who's clearly in her late 20s? I sort of question that that choice. Yeah, um, I think she was a little too old for the part, which yeah, is she a was terrible too old thing to say about part. Hollywood because too often women are aged out. Well, yeah, That's... but this is clearly about somebody who's having trouble transitioning from childhood into adulthood. Yeah. And I feel like, first of all, I feel like there are obviously, that is true for people in their early 20s, but that's not in the way that is portrayed in the movie. Like mm-hmm. most people most people don't have difficulty letting go of the unicorns and, you know, it's more about, hey, how do I live on my own and not be lonely? Or, you know, how do I, how do I take care of myself physically? That's usually the concern, not do I need to wear a suit to work? I feel like I got the wrong things. I guess I got the problems wrong, Mm -hmm. I think, in transitioning from childhood to adulthood. Like, nobody in their early 20s is like, oh, no, I can't play with my unicorns anymore. That's like something that happens from like 12 to, you know, 10 to 12 or 12 (laughs) to 13. Like, it just wasn't believable for somebody who's supposed to be in her early 20s. We could also take the unicorn, though, as like a, a metaphor for maybe, oh, I want to be an astronaut. And, you know, you can try to be an astronaut type of thing. But if you don't have two PhDs and the physical abilities to do so, then you're not going to get there. So if you keep pursuing that, that's kind of your unicorn. Or you say, you know, I want to be uh, a writer or something. And then you keep pursuing that, but then also need to feed yourself. If you're not coming from a rich family, then it's harder to be a writer these days because the written word isn't worth as much anymore, thanks to Silicon Valley. But so that could be kind of the unicorn idea. I think, yeah, it's again, it's a stretch to get there Mm -hmm, and to think of it that way. Uh, So I don't think that was taken on very well. But Mm -hmm. like, I I think maybe this movie would have been better had it actually been about a teenager, Mm -hmm. you know, or somebody transitioning from like tweens to teens and sort of navigating, well, I kind of want to be an adult, but I kind of still feel child Whereas this just felt wrong and uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Could take Jesse Eisenberg from Squid and the Whale and sort of his character continuing on in life. Yeah. He was not really childish, I no, guess. No, he, he wasn't was more childish just, anymore. He was, but but in a different way. Yeah. And it also takes sort of a shot at kids who are growing up now. The same thing that everybody sort of complains about them. Like, oh, they're just so childish all the time. Well, mm-hmm. that's the society that we've set up. Yeah, and it's people are not childish in the sense that they still want unicorns. Like, people are quote-unquote childish in the sense that they cannot afford to live on their own or yeah. <laughs> have been unable to find a job that will give them a pension, like, you know, or mm-hmm. health care. So it's, yeah. So as I was watching it, uh, I think we were both not quite sure at the time that it was this sort of childhood transitioning into adulthood thing, like a coming of age kind of, or not a coming of age, but an actual trying to understand the transition from childhood to adulthood. 
we both, I think, figured that out after or later on. Okay. Uh, and then I said also, maybe this is about a young woman who's struggling with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And then in that case, I was like, Samuel L. Jackson is kind of like her therapist who's trying to help her work through all these different things. So it could be read in that way. I think there is enough there to really see that because, mm-hmm. you know, she goes everywhere and is just her weird and wacky and zany self, but also has these moments of depression and where she feels like she's terrible and has done everything badly. So I think there's some of that in there as well, which if you can get two different messages from, maybe that's really good or maybe that's okay you need to focus things a little bit more and figure out exactly how to say that better Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i've read some comments like that and people said they really related to it you know Mm -hmm. like some people are like oh this is really good for anybody who feels sort of out of place or an outsider or whatever so i mean it's people are there are people out there who are relating to this story i feel like if it had been about mental illness then it needed to be a little more apparent Mm -hmm. like why hide a message like that yeah, I don't think it actually was, but that's what I thought at the time yeah. was that, oh, this could be a story about Yeah, it could be. And, and actually, one review I read um, says that maybe maybe that's what it's about. Like, maybe it's about mental health. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying. It doesn't go... doesn't quite gel there. Yeah. yeah. Or it's not quite clear that that's what they're going for. It mm-hmm. seems like they're going for childhood yeah. to adulthood. Yeah. Thinking more about it and talking about it with you now, I'm like, yeah, that's more likely what the, the whole idea is about. Yeah. <laughs> Now to the filmistic aspect. Okay. Uh, did you have any thoughts on how it was filmed? Cinematography? Soundtrack? No. no. <laughs> okay. Uh, so We did just get a book for you to read about we it. We did. Or? Yes. Yeah. What is it called? It's uh, called... It is called Talking Pictures. Talking Pictures. It's about how to understand movies. So who knows? Maybe I'm going to read it over the next two weeks and then I'll be a, some sort of film critic genius mm-hmm. in time for the next review. Talking Pictures by Anne Hornaday. Which we just got today in the mail. Yes. So a couple of my thoughts. I don't remember the soundtrack being much. Like, I don't remember much about the music. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really stick out. So I guess okay. that's fine. The camera work, I was not so much a fan of. Mostly because it doesn't really... It wasn't stable or carrying a particular message in any way. It, like, sometimes it's shaky handheld camera. And sometimes it's stable camera. And there doesn't really seem to be any kind of... Like, Rhyme or reason? Yeah, reasoning behind that. Mm-hmm. It just some shots are this way, some shots are another. Maybe it was meant to be sort of kids' childishness, but then it also still doesn't really follow that enough. Was so, it yeah. sort of steady cam in the office scenes and then kind of it was also steady cam in her bedroom oh okay so there wasn't they weren't trying to make that distinction between not of a childhood and adulthood yeah like maybe about her but but again it wasn't it wasn't consistent enough to to get any of that there was a clear use of color to to delineate things so like Mm -hmm. the office is grays and beiges and Mm -hmm. uh, her parents are in beiges and grays and then all the childlike artistic stuff is colorful Mm -hmm. so the store you have to pass through a series of rooms of different colors Mm -hmm. it's like each room was a different color to get into the store eventually kit is always dressed up in colors except when she goes to the office and then later brings that color to the office Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah so that was a thing it was again kind of heavy-handed about that and you're like okay that's i see what you're doing very clearly Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really doesn't really move me yeah I think they were doing a thing as well with some of the lighting in terms of the reality. Everything that was in reality was kind of fluorescent lighting. Mm -hmm. And then everything that was in the more artsy sort of childish way was more incandescent lighting. Hmm. Uh, I would need to watch it again for her home scenes with her parents to see how much that was going on. But definitely in all of Kit's work areas, it's incandescent. In the office, it's fluorescent. Mm -hmm. Um, In the art show at the beginning, when she fails miserably, that's all fluorescent lighting. Mm. That's that's true in life, though. Yeah. People don't usually put fluorescent lighting in their homes. No. um, Because it's horrendous. (laughs) But 
but just in general that's sort of how yeah. it, how it came across as well is like all the times that she was sort of being childish and childlike mm-hmm. and then the the unicorn store as well everything was incandescent lighting like he didn't have any right. fluorescent lights it was all floor he's a man lighting of taste but yeah <laughs> product placements Oh, yeah. How do we not talk about that? Diet Coke. My God. Did she have to hold it like that? Like, nobody drinks a bottle like that, showing the name of the, the product perfectly. Yeah. What yeah. else was there? I saw the Diet Coke. Was there other stuff? There was Whole Foods was talked about. Okay. Very specifically mentioned Whole Foods. Huh. And how we went to Whole Foods and got kale from Whole Foods, I think. Okay. Um, Etsy was brought up. Was it? It was, yep. Oh. Etsy was in there. Okay. Um, uh, and Adidas. Adidas was mentioned. Hmm, very was specifically. It? Yep. Wow. I missed all that. What was Adidas mentioned for? Like, they actually said the name? They say Adidas. Adidas or were they just wearing it very They might have been blatantly? just wearing it. That's possible. Yeah. See, now I feel that. like the Whole Foods and Kale could be a joke because that is a thing upper middle class people do. It is, is, yeah. And the whole thing is about how it's stupid to be a grown up. Or, well, no, it's not stupid to be a grown up, but maybe that was making fun of it. But who knows? Maybe. I don't know. You got to make your indie movie money somehow. Yeah. So those are the main things. Yeah. I think we both felt that it was, the writing was a little bit weak mm-hmm. overall. Or just like it was trying to do great things. Things and didn't quite I, I, I want to say it didn't quite get there but it really didn't get there yeah. like it's not like it just barely missed the mark or something it was like no it was off need some workshopping need some workshop <laughs> exactly come yeah. to us we can edit your movie for you <laughs> <laughs> oh yes and the parents at first i thought they were phys ed type people the way they were kind of came off like later finding they were camp types right even camp then counselors. yeah yeah i guess it wasn't as strong a dichotomy as like arts and phys ed people but it was still sort of felt weird yeah the whole thing yeah like i said they never it's like they never explain why kit is so feels like such a disappointment to her parents mm-hmm. they never it's not like her parents are like oh no you're home later on they're like the parents are like you know you're not a disappointment to us we're just trying to help you yeah figure out life but yeah we don't know why kit is so upset about it other than maybe she's just a child and is throwing a temper tantrum that yeah. she doesn't understand right and she has temper world. tantrums which is so weird you're like no that's not right for a grown person that's just weird yeah usually by the time you're 22 you learn to self-regulate <laughs> yes generally mostly yeah like you might be a hothead but not the it, this was just a temper tantrum yeah All right. Anyhow, so, so is this one we're going to add to the movie librarian shelves? No, I would not add it to our shelf. Mm. It's not something I want to watch again. It's going to be in that pile that they sell at the library for 50 cents. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, that's where I will put it also. Yeah. Definitely not going on our shelves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. On that note... Do we have anything in the mailbag? Oh, we do have something do in we? the mailbag. Yes. We have an email from Waldo and Sir Don. Waldo and Sir Don. Oh. Or Senor Don, I think, who wrote us last week. Yes. Where yes. is Waldo? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't say. <laughs> okay. Refreshing concept of a film in that we would not normally have chosen it, especially not based on the synopsis. Which film is this? Oh, sorry. Yes. They're talking about the Unicorn Store. So oh. they are um, regular listeners of ours, and they actually watch the Unicorn Store Okay. Um, after our last podcast episode, and would now like to give their thoughts right. on the Unicorn Store. Waldo and Senor Don say, Refreshing concept of a film in that we would not normally have chosen it, especially not based on the synopsis. One of us related to the feeling of not being able to carry childlike things into the adult world. The other apparently has no problem being childlike on a regular basis. It made Waldo think about how we like to ascribe to certain notions of what can be reality and what is just a figment of the imagination. Virgil was our favorite character. We love Virgil. Mm-hmm. Mine too. Mine Virgil too. really was. Yeah. He 
was I, good, right? I thought he was, he was great. Yeah. He was a really good actor. I was like, they should give that guy more roles. I would like to see him in many more things. Yes, me too. I wonder why they didn't explain how Virgil has come to believe her. It seemed difficult for him to conceive of having a unicorn. Thinks she may get murdered, and but then suddenly believes. I don't think Virgil ever did believe her. I think he just kind of went along me like, yeah, okay, let's we'll do this and this will be good for you type of thing. Yeah, it's hard to say what that ending means. Until the end when he actually was in the store and maybe saw it. Yeah. I Is that metaphorical? I don't know. It's hard to say. Maybe he was like, well, she believes in it so much, so I'm going to believe too. <laughs> Also interesting on her childhood backstory, in that she was clearly a loner, didn't have any friends in the opening childhood videos, but it's never really alluded to other than her Care Bears and her parents not getting her a dog. Good point. Good point that she, uh, in all the videos, they don't show her with any friends. Mm -hmm. Although I guess that's just normal to me. I play by myself all the time. Interestingly, those are apparently videos from Brie Larson's childhood. Oh, okay. They got that's interesting. From her childhood. Mm -hmm. yeah. That makes sense. The email continues, Senior Dawn also wonders about the stylistic choices in her clothes. He was wondering if she didn't appear to be too different between temp job kit and then plus 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 creative kit. I'm guessing that means very creative kit. Except really during the pitch. Also, poor Kevin. Token brown hilarity? He was introduced so early, but really doesn't have a lot of bearing in the movie. Walter likes the actors who plays her parents. They're always in fun things. <laughs> Thank you, Waldo. Well, thank you, Waldo and Senor Don. Yes. Interesting points that you have made, and I'm glad that you enjoyed the movie, even though we didn't yeah. as much as you. But I wonder if they would recommend it. Uh, it sounds like mm -hmm. they would probably recommend it. Well, maybe if... we're just grumpy old coots. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but maybe, maybe Senor Don and Waldo are cheerful. Yeah, old maybe they're too. just more like Brie Larson's right. character. Maybe they're just both very childish. Are you guys very childish? Let us know. And if anyone has any uh, other comments about this movie or future ones or previous ones, you can send us some mail at uh, movielibrarians at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Movielibrarians, mm -hmm. plural, at gmail.com. And that's in the show notes as well. So what are we reviewing on our next episode, which is will be released? In two weeks' time. In two weeks' time. So our next movie is going to be The Substitute. The Substitute. A 1996 uh, action thriller movie starring Tom Berenger. And where are we going to watch it? We are going to watch that on Netflix in Canada. Okay. Thank you very much for listening. Toodaloo! Toodaloo! does one unicorn deep deep i don't know <laughs> one puts a horn on one's head and sparkles <laughs>